Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine, here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. If you have your Bibles ready today, we are in the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, verses 26 and 27. The title of this sermon is, Be Angry and Do Not Sin. Here is the second half of this two-part teaching. We had to have a talk. We had to deal with it. But we had to deal with it then. It, it's That's just how people are sometimes. They don't know how to act. Or they're brand new to faith. And they're learning. And so we have to show grace. We have to show mercy. But we do need to speak up with truth when something's wrong. But if somebody grabbed your child, wouldn't you say, hey, wait a minute, come here. We need to go talk outside. <laughs> Let's just talk. Hey, bro, can you please never put your hands on my child? Or never correct my child, right? Just come tell me they're acting up, and I'll take care of it. That's how it is for some parents, right? But you have to speak up. And we would do that for our kids, but would we do that out in public when something's wrong? Would we do that when something's wrong in America? Would we speak up and speak out in truth and love? Righteous anger. Righteous anger has to be motivated by the power of the Holy Spirit. And it can be used in a very constructive manner. In Psalm 31, verse 1, it says, I said, I will guard my ways, lest I sin with my tongue. I will restrain my mouth with a muzzle while the wicked are before me. When you're in sinful anger, you can't control your mouth. But when you're in righteous anger, you can control what you need to say. You can sit quietly and listen. You can have your mouth muzzled. And when it's time to speak... And God gives you the words to the power of the Holy Spirit. You can say what needs to be said because you are doing it righteously and God's, and God's there. He'll give you the words to say. And you go, wait a minute. We never talk about how you can be angry in the church. You can be angry about the things that God's angry about. And you can, you can sit and muzzle your mouth and listen. And then when it's time to speak, God will give you the words to say. And you say it. Do you want to use anger as a way that God commands us to use it? In Proverbs chapter 10, verse 8, it says, The wise in heart will receive commands, but a prating fool will fall. See, if you're, if you're receiving God's commands, you're actually doing what God's called you to do. You can have righteous anger because you're doing it and speaking truth and love. You're empowered by the Holy Spirit, and you're commanded by God to do it. That means the Holy Spirit's giving you, like, you know when you know, you, hey, I need to say something. This is not right. When you're watching the news, talking to the TV is not helping nobody, okay? That's just FYI. I do that at times, and that's, that's unrighteous anger. 
I got to the point where I just had to turn the TV off. My wife's like, who are you talking to? Talking to the TV. I'm just, I'm like, what is wrong with us? Had to turn it off. Had to turn it off. Had to turn off the Georgia Bulldog game yesterday. I realized, I was like, man, what happened? And my grandson said the same thing. Like, man. And I'm like, oh, my Lord, I need to turn this off because he's watching me. And I'm getting angry over a silly game. I need to turn it off. God showed me. And what did I tell y'all? We need to be practically applying God's word. So that means the pastor gets to practically apply it too. It's not just for you. I'm applying it too. And so I was like, just turn the game off. And then it goes back to when we don't watch the game, they win. And so sure enough, they started playing well. So I shouldn't have watched it in the first place. James chapter 119 says, So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. And, and then be, as you're slow to speak and slow to wrath, be ready to hear God's commands on how you're supposed to respond. Okay? Be, be a listener. Be a listener, but be ready to respond when it's time to respond. And God will give you the words to be able to do that. And I, we, we can see that in Nehemiah, Nehemiah chapter 5, verses 6 and 7. Uh, the beauty of that verse is, is that, unfortunately, what was happening in Nehemiah, the wall is finished and people are starting to come back into the city and they're being taken advantage of. The prices have gone up. Sounds familiar? <laughs> the prices rise up and they can't afford to live there. They're having to sell their children into slavery just so they can eat. And this was Jews doing it to Jews. And Nehemiah is not happy. In Nehemiah chapter 5, verse 6, it says, And I became very angry. Nehemiah was a man of God. I love Nehemiah because Nehemiah, the way he dealt with his anger, he, he dealt with the people that were doing it. He had one dude, he started pulling their beards. Like, come here. Y'all are, like, are the men, and sometimes the men need that. Wake up. Right? What's that movie? Snap out of it, you know? You need, men need that. That's why y'all need to be at the men's retreat. You need a smack in the head every now and then. We need the word of God, like, spoken to men, for men, because we need to be, we need that. But he says, I became very angry, and when I heard the outcry in, the, in these words. So he's hearing that the Jews are, are selling the Jews and putting their children into slavery just to eat. Because the cost of food has gone up that high? What's wrong? And you know what's the worst part? Is he, the, he says in verse 7, after serious thought. So he's thinking now. So you can take a step back and have serious thought. But he says, I rebuke the nobles and the rulers. You see who was doing it? It was the politicians. The nobles and the rulers. It was the people in charge of the city. They were taking advantage of the people of the city. And he said to them, each of you is exerting ursery, which is interest, from his brother. So I called a great assembly against him. Nehemiah took action. He took time to think, and then he took action. This is what I'm talking about. As Christians, it should, there should be, your faith is an action. Your faith is an action. And so for us, it's like even for this small church, our faith is an action. We support somebody who's actually Helping in human trafficking and sex trafficking, Christina Brodeau. 
She receives part of that tithe that comes out. So we're not going to be a church that just sits down and not do nothing and passively watch things happen. That's not what we've been called to do. We are to be angry about the things that God's angry about. And God's angry about His people, His children that are created in His image being killed in the womb and being sold into slavery. It's a billion dollar business, people. It's a billion dollar business. And Nehemiah is not happy. Nehemiah deals with it, but he is controlled under power. Meekness. He takes time to think. He responds with a rebuke. And can I tell you, people do not want to be rebuked today. Don't tell me what I'm doing wrong. How dare you? People tell me all the time what I'm doing wrong. Get used to it. But if you're, if you're being, you know, realistically, if somebody's really rebuking you, would you receive it today? Or are you going to allow your pride to get in the way? We need to, like when somebody speaks up and says, hey, what you're doing goes against God. Are you going to receive that? Or are you going to argue back? But that doesn't mean you get to go around rebuking people and you're in sin. Don't be like David. Where is he at? Let's kill him. No, you're the one. It's you. You're the one who's in sin. We can't overlook that stuff. We need to deal with the stuff that's going on in our heart as well. Moses dealt with anger. Moses dealt with anger, unrighteous anger, and then he deals with righteous anger in, in Numbers chapter 16, verse 15. He actually, this is after the incident where he hits and strikes the rock. Then Moses was very angry. He's had it. He's like, these people drive me nuts. I'm done. I'm done. But what does he do? He has righteous anger, but what does he do? He goes to God. He goes to the Lord. And he said to the Lord, do you not respect their offer? Do not respect their offer. And I have not taken one donkey from them, nor have I hurt one of them. He's like, I, I'm going to God with this because I can't. I don't know how to deal with this. But God does. God does. I mean, we know that Moses deals with unrighteous anger when he strikes the rock. And we'll look at that. So what happens when we when we have anger? Anger should re, should motivate us to resist evil. I mean, the one thing that Saul actually did well is when they found out that they wanted to pull out the eyes, the right eyes of the Ammonites, wanted to pull out the right eyes of the, the people of Israel, Saul got upset. He got angry. And he rallied the, the army of Israel to go fight them. And he's like, let's go. We're going to go fight them. And he says in 1 Samuel chapter 11, verse 6, And the Spirit of God came upon Saul, and when he heard the news, and his anger was greatly aroused. Why is it that it requires us to be angry sometimes? God uses that. He's telling you it's not your emotions and your feelings. Because that's usually what dictates our unrighteous anger is we're led by our emotions and feelings. He's saying you're angry about the things that I'm angry about. And you're empowered by the Holy Spirit to speak out. You're aroused to go help and save the people in the nation of Israel because I'm going to empower you to do that. And that anger... Push Saul to actually do the right thing. So when anger meets wrath, in verse 26, it says, And do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Now again, this is a verse that's used quite a bit in marriage. You'll hear this given all the time for marriages. And, 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 and sometimes there's not a small window that you can deal with anger. And what I mean by that is if, if, you're, if you're arguing when you get home from work, and you go to bed at 10 o'clock, you have a very small window to deal with your anger, right? 
And sometimes women need more time. I'm sorry. They're, they're not ready to deal with it that day. Now, my wife has told me, hey, I love you. I'm a, I'm, we'll talk about it tomorrow. I'm just, I'm upset, but we'll talk about it tomorrow. But at least I know that we're talking about it tomorrow. And we'll deal with it in the morning or we'll deal with it in the afternoon. But that means that that gives me time to do what? Time to pray. Time to seek God. Because I can tell you there's something in there that God is trying to show you. Because what I learned in, uh, when, when, you know, when, when we came after our 22 years of marriage, we went into Christian counseling as I, we came to faith. We didn't know God. We didn't even know how to practice. We didn't even know what a godly marriage looks like. And one of the things that that counselor said, there's, it requires two parties to argue. And there's something that both of you need to learn from it. Even if it's just a sliver, just a sliver of truth there that you need to get from it. And, and that's what happens is, is we think that we can fix everything in a couple of hours. We think we can fix everything before the sun goes down. That's not always the case. That's not, be honest. If you were to catch your, your, your husband looking at pornography, do you think you could deal with that in the nighttime? Oh, no. You couldn't deal with that in the nighttime. That's going to take some time. It's going to take some time. That's, that's the reality of it. So don't use this as just, a, oh, this is a marriage verse. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. We should try to deal with our anger in the moment, yes. What we don't want to do is if you catch the key to this, is do not let the sun go down on your what? Your wrath. It doesn't say anger. Your wrath. This is why you study the context of Scripture. This verse is taken out of, out, of, out of context so much because people will say, don't let the sun go down on your anger. That's not what the verse says. The verse says, do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Why? Wrath is vengeance. Wrath is you seeking vengeance and you exploding and you getting upset and you wanting your point heard. And again, it's that shotgun blast that goes out and, and just destruction everywhere. And there's an aftermath that has to be dealt with. He's saying, do not let the sun go down on your wrath. And as we talk about the, the differences of, of the anger, just FYI, uh, anger that's unrighteous is destructive. It's not constructive. It's destructive. It's, it's selfish. It's unrighteous. See, when we look at, at righteous anger, it, it's, there's love in it. There's truth in it. There's... You know, there's the Holy Spirit motivating that person. But what happens is we have destructive anger and it turns into wrath. Unrighteous anger is simply when we're self-centered, right? Anger becomes sin when we become self-centered. Anger becomes sin when, we, when, when it allows uh, us to grow resentment, to grow angry and have outburst. Anger becomes sin when we start plotting the person's downfall. You start gossiping and you start campaigning and slandering and you're wanting to see the person fall. That's a sin. When it grows vengeance or vengeful or you're vindictive in, in the meaning of, of the anger. When, you're, when it consumes your life and all you can think about is getting back at that other person. When it stifles your worship and, and starts pulling you away from spending time with God. That's when anger becomes a sin. And that's when it's destructive. 
And that's when it needs to be dealt with. In Psalm 37, verse 8, it says, Refrain from your anger and, for, and forsake wrath. Fret not yourself, it tends only to evil. Refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Let's look at a couple of examples real quick at people who have allowed their wrath, their anger to turn to wrath and see the result of it. You go to the early part of Genesis chapter 4, verses 6. It says, The Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? I love that. Oh, I love that. Like he's boiling inside. He's boiling. And some of y'all are that way. Like you're trying to keep it in. You're trying to keep it in. You're trying to keep the pot from overflowing. But eventually it, it boils over. Or the kettle starts to whistle. And that's what that countenance is. You can... God can tell. He's like, yeah, you're angry. You're angry. If you do well, will it not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door and desires for you, but you should rule over it. You should rule over it. Now Cain talked to, with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass, and when they were in the field, that Cain rose up against Abel and his brother and killed him. That's when anger goes to wrath. And you can murder somebody with your anger as well. Because Jesus kind of elevated that as well. When you're angry at somebody. But you got to, again, make sure you all read the context of the scripture. People take stuff out of context all the time. Don't be throwing scripture at people. Not unless you actually know it, the scripture, like you know it. It happens and that, that just stirs the pot even worse sometimes. Moses struggled with anger. We know this in Psalm 106, verses 32 to 33. They angered him at the waters of Meribah. And he went ill with Moses on their account, for they had made his spirit bitter, and he spoke rashly with his lips. He strikes the rock. Boom. Right? And he strikes the rock, not as God giving them water, but Moses giving them water, which is wrong. But do you understand that the word that he uses he, in Numbers chapter 20, verse 10, it says, Hear now, you rebels. He calls them rebels. And the word in the Greek Septuagint actually means moros, which means morons. Hear now, you morons. Get your water. See how angry he is? Turn to wrath like that. Turn to wrath very quickly. It happens very fast. Saul wanted to kill David, and it became wrath. It went from anger to wrath in 1 Samuel chapter 18, verses 7-9. through 9. So the woman sang as they danced, and they said, Saul has slain the, his thousands, and David his ten thousands. And Saul was very angry, and the saying displeased him, and he said that they have ascribed to David ten thousands, and to me they have ascribed only thousands, now more can he have the kingdom, uh, can he have but the kingdom? And so Saul eyed David from that day forward. So Saul wanted to kill David from that day forward. That pride entered because he goes, you have this many people attending your church. I only have this many. You start being prideful. And it, it consumed Saul. It consumed him to the point of wrath. Jonah hated the people of Nineveh. He hated them. Even after he went to preach with them, he was still struggling with his anger. In Jonah, Jonah chapter 4, verses 1 through 4, it says, But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he became angry. And so he prayed to the Lord. At least he goes to God. 
And he said, Oh, Lord, was it not this that I, I said when I was still in my country? Therefore, I fled previously to Tarshish. For I know that you are gracious and merciful God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, one who relents from doing harm. Therefore, now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. Then the Lord said, Is it right for you to be angry? Deal with your anger. Like you need to deal with your anger. James chapter 1, verse 20 says, For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. It's selfishness. And, and you trying to control your anger, not through the power of the Holy Spirit, will end because it's your flesh trying to control it. You need to give that over to God. God's the only one that can control that. And even then, you may have an outburst. Okay? I want to make sure you get this. You may have an unrighteous outburst. You need to own it. You already know when it's a sin. You are, every man in here knows when he stepped somewhere he shouldn't have stepped. And you go, oh, shouldn't have said that one. In your head, you're thinking that. You already know. The Holy Spirit's already told you. You need to, you need to repent. And you need to confess that to God. You need to get right. So just FYI, this needs to get corrected before this. The relationship with God needs to get because people what they do i've already apologized to my wife have you gotten right with god because the first person you need to get right with is this god and then you deal with the relationship because men sometimes just want to hurry up and fix it and that's not always the answer it's not it doesn't work that way We're, that's what we want to do we want to fix it and sometimes you need to give time because it's only time that's going to heal it but don't allow your anger to turn to wrath. I was a professional wrath person. Like, man, I could have been in a league. Really, I mean, I could have been in a, I, I would get upset, and I would blow, and I would try. And let me remember we talked about that word trespasses in, the, in, in Ephesians and what that word meant in the Greek. It actually means for you to, to be able to get to the finish line and never be able to meet the gold ever ever you always fall flat on your face right before you cross the finish line that's what trespasses are that's what i dealt with all my all my 22 years of marriage i would try to contain it i would try to keep it all in and not blow up but man i when it exploded i was like a firecracker and that's how some of y'all's anger is you're like a mortar round it goes up and Boom! And then there's destruction everywhere. Kids are hiding, wife's hiding. I mean, nobody knew, like, can we come out of the house? I mean, what is, what's going on? But that's how we are. But see, you're a new creation in Christ. That stuff needs to be put off. That wrath should never be part of it because when anger turns to wrath, it's a sin. And when you have unrighteous anger, it's a sin because it will quickly turn to wrath if you don't deal with it. Romans chapter 12, verses 19 through 21 says, Beloved, do not avenge yourself, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, uh, therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. 
So when somebody is being angry or upset or it happens even in the church, you just you just love them. And you take a step back. And then later on, if you can't deal with it in that moment, then you go, okay, well, we'll talk about this on Wednesday night when we meet. Because, you know, if you talk to me in a way that's wrong, I'm, I need to let you know, hey, you can't talk to me that way. Man, I'm, I'm trying to listen. I'm trying to learn. But if you start yelling at me, it makes me, you know. But that speaks more about the volumes of what's going on in the other person. They're being led by their flesh. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1, it says, Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceitful, all deceit, all hypocrisy, all envy, and all evil speaking. Why do I give you that? Because when you allow your wrath to continue, it becomes malice. So it goes from anger to wrath to malice. And malice is when you're not ashamed to break the rules. You're going to do whatever you can to get a, get. get back at that person I'll break whatever rules I'll say whatever needs to be said I'm gonna get back at that person I don't care that's what malice is so now we see what unrighteous anger is it's selfish it's it's unrighteous it's it's being led by your flesh and then finally it says when anger gives place to the devil well, that concludes today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us or find out service times, you can do all of that at our website, uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at Spotify, Audible, TuneIn Radio. Pretty much wherever you can find a podcast, uh, you, you can just type in Sun, Salt, and Light, and you'll find it. 